This is Game Level Learn, a podcast for parents, students, teachers, school administrators, professors, and anyone else interested in game-based learning and gamification in education from kindergarten to adulthood. Join us as we discuss card games, board games, tabletop role-playing games, and video games, and how those games and their mechanics can be used to transform teaching and learning. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Game Level Learn. I'm Tracy Wozenegger, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in gaming, John Cassie. Yay! Yay! Hi, Trace! Hi! How are you? Dandy, how are you? Great. Just great. I'm excited to talk about our topic today. Today we're going to be talking, um, so continuing our discussion of role-playing games and campaign games. Right. Uh, Last time we talked about characters and avatars. Right. And today we're going to be talking about essentials, so statistics, skills, and unique qualities right. so of you, your characters. You, you've decided as a teacher that you want to gamify in this way, and you, you like the idea of having students create a character, maybe make an avatar. Once you've decided that, then you need to think about, well, what are these characters going to be able to do? What kind of... Right. What, what, what makes them uniquely them... You know, and right. and what have and you, maybe, and that's what this episode's about. And maybe, and this is because you know I like to dip a toe in. Right. I'm scared. I'm still working up the bravery. Right. The full-on gamification. Right. Um, maybe you're just gonna dip your toe in, and you're just gonna have um, roles, classroom roles, or yeah. Um, maybe you're gonna have kids um, decide what they think their skill level is in something. Right. Uh, something like that. So maybe you're not going full character creation. Um, I think after today's episode, when we talk about the statistics, skills, and unique qualities, um, it might be clearer to people how they can not go all the way to character creation, but can sort of um, decide what level of right of role or skills they want to use in the class. Right. Right. It, th- this is one of those aspects of building a gamified learning experience where it could be very easy to go inadvertently into the deep end. Correct. Right. Or where the fun of the game part of the gamified instruction overtakes the instructional part a little bit. Right. Right. In a way that you don't want and that you don't mean. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. like, like we've always said, uh, if you're going to do game-based learning, gamified instruction, awesome. But the planning you have to do beforehand is ridiculous. Right. Compared to anything else that you might want to do in, uh, in teaching and learning. This is an example of where you really have to know what you want Yes. Because if you don't, you're inevitably... Right. If you're going to have kids designing characters yep. at the beginning of the school year, or at the beginning of a unit... Right. I mean, you're stuck with them. Right. Right. For, you know, the unit, the semester, the trimester, whatever. Right. Yeah. And if you did it, quote unquote, wrong... Right. You know, you're going to find that your kids are not going to get out of it what you'd hoped. Uh, you will have spent far more time on the wrong thing. I mean, we're all guilty of yeah. this in education. Oh, of course. Right, of thinking, well, that's surely going to work, and it'll take 30 minutes. It takes three days, right? <laughs> and at the end, you're like, oh, my God, what just happened? What just happened to me? Right, yeah. I have found, you know, my kids, um, by kids I mean students, <sighs> um, my students, when I've tried new things, have been you know, endlessly patient with me. Yes. Um, super accepting, I think, of the fact that I'm trying new things with them. Yep. Um, so they're not too hard on me when things go off the rails. Right. <laughs> or if we have to write the ship partway through, you know, oh, sorry, guys, this is, you know, this isn't what I intended. Um, you know, I want this. This was the learning objective. Um, and, you know, this isn't really working and we're not. You know, we're not meeting the learning objective. Let's try it this way instead. That's or, right. You know, what suggestions do you guys have yep. uh, to help fix this? Um, you yep. know, I'm lucky I work with high school students, so they're usually pretty able to give, 
you know, reasonable feedback. Um, yeah, they can I, give sort of like professional, almost like professional level feedback. Right, right. right. Whereas a younger student might be able to, but it's, they're going to struggle to maybe articulate it in a way that, that a near adult could. Right. Right. They might not be able to exactly point to the problem, but they'll get you in the ballpark. Right. Right. And I think, you know, as long as you approach it, I always tell them ahead of time, this is something I'm trying. I've never done it before. Right. Thanks for being a guinea pig. Right. Uh, you know, please feedback whenever is appreciated. Right. Now, you know, Tracy, we've we've said this over and over and over again, and we will say it a thousand times more as we continue to put out new episodes of this podcast. But if you don't have a clear learning objective in mind first, you right. must do that first. Correct. You are done as a gamifying teacher without right. a very clear outcome that you're looking for. I, When people want to talk to me about gamification, right. so some of my colleagues know um, that I'm into this now. They, you know, they get excited. They talk to me about games and right. gamifying things. And they'll say, you know, I played this fun game. I want to use it in class. You know, and this is what I'm thinking. Stop. Stop. Stop right now. <laughs> First, let's talk about what your learning objective is. Right. And then as we're talking about that, we're going to brainstorm what game mechanics, what role-playing mm -hmm. mechanics fit your goals. Right. We're not going to fit the game onto your class. We're going to fit the mechanics that are that we think are the most appropriate onto your learning objective. Right. It is the only way to do this effectively. Right. Right. So we harp on it all the time because we want this podcast to be a sort of a practical handbook of what to do and what not to do. Right. And, right. The, and the what not to do is I just played this awesome game. Not, I'm going to make it into a lesson. I'm going to make it into a lesson. Negative. Negative Keep the game. Right. Keep the game <laughs> in your, in the sort of the planning part of your subconscious. Right. Right. But stop. Go back to right. the, to the, what's the end I have in mind? What am I going to assess? What do I want students to learn? What do I want them to be able to do? And focus only on that. Right. Then, once you're clear on that, the way in which the game that's in your head actually enhances the learning, it'll be immediately clear. And if it's the wrong game, it'll also be clear. Right. Right. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see why that game now is the wrong choice. And why this mechanic or this system is the right a choice. Yeah, a Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, we we only harp on it all the time because it's the most important thing. Of course. Right. Now. Now, once you've once you've done all that, though. Right. And you've you've decided, look, this is going to have a role playing component. We're going to students are going to have characters are going to have identities. They're going to have avatars. Well, every character in every role playing game is going to have at least some statistics that measure right. what something. they can do, <laughs> yeah. something, you know. Something that's important. Something that's uh, inherent about them, right? right? Uh, they're going to have some skills. Right. Right. And then, depending on the they're, game, they're going to have some right. other things that the game cares about, right? Right. Uh, for our purposes, we're calling them unique qualities or unusual qualities, right? Right. And we'll give a couple of examples of how other game systems do those things. Uh, you know, when we get to that that part, right? Right. And your your gamified learning may not even have that, but it will definitely right. have right. statistics, and it'll definitely have skills. Or remember my toe dipping. Go. Maybe you're doing. Gamification 101. Yep. And you just have skills. Yep. Or you just have statistics. Or you just have a unique quality. Right. Right? Maybe it's just a little role like in Pandemic where you have a special feature. Yep. That's really important when you do group work. Right. Right. You have... Uh, uh, you, The special characteristic you have is that 
you own a unique and previously unseen piece of chemistry lab equipment. Right. You have uh, you have a special document in the history class that right. only you have. Right. Right. Uh, and that by itself can make uh, what would have been sort of a maybe a more routine kind of a class experience transcendent, right? Um, I did something like that in a final exam. Okay. Okay. This was before, this was early days in my career. I think I was in my second year. I was teaching a course on the history of Ireland and Scotland. Okay. Okay. And the final exam, I made an oral collaborative exam. Okay. So, okay. so we went to a we went to a, a classroom in uh, in my school that had the most uh, whiteboard space of, of anywhere. Didn't quite have a whiteboard wall, but it had way Oops. more space than anywhere else. Okay, and every student had read five books with me, and I assigned each student a sort of packet of short stories, poems, uh, historical texts, whatever, that they were uniquely the master of, right? Okay, and, yeah. And what I said was, we're going to talk... I am going to start the final exam with a prompt. Every single student will have a marker, okay? And what I'm going to expect you to do is to meaningfully participate in a conversation about what we've learned, and you're going to have to integrate your unique texts into the narrative in a way that your classmates will understand. We're going right. to draw this big sort of map or diagram of our learning, right? A transcendent experience. I remember it. Right. It was almost did 20 years ago. Yeah, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Did they talk out loud or did they do like a chalk talk? No, it was out loud. Okay. Yeah. Could have been a chalk talk. Yeah. Or could have started with one, but no, they... You know, right. each each student would would be would be the one standing and basically be leading the conversation, and then a peer would say, "Hey, I've got a thing." They'd give way, the other kid would get up, then he would or she would start doing their thing, right? right? And back and forth and back and forth, right? We went the full two hours of the final exam and an additional ten minutes, and nice. students were like, "We could easily have gone another two or three hours," right? Right, right, and that was just. A unique, a unique thing, a special thing, right. right? So they had, they had loot, like a special status. Yeah, they had special loot yeah. that the other kids didn't have. Right. So it could be as yeah. easy as that. All right, let's go back up. Okay. To the top. Yep. And talk about statistics. All right. So, so what, what are, are they? Yeah. What are statistics? What do they? What are they measuring? What are some? common statistics that you've seen in role-playing games or campaign games yeah they if if you if you make it as simple as possible there's usually statistics that measure the way in which your physical body interacts with the environment right so it might just be uh Something like body or brawn or um, toughness, right? Or it might right. break down into smaller increments, right? But essentially, it's how does your physical body interact with the physical environment? In Dungeons right. and Dragons, the sort of the, 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 the progenitor game of all these systems, there are three of these physical statistics. Strength. Dexterity. I don't know how to do that. I'm making muscles for strength. Right. Yeah. Which way is it to muscle beach? <laughs> this way, right? Dexterity. How nimble are you? What is your, right. how agile are you? Right. Constitution. What is your stamina or what, how healthy are you? Right. Your hardiness. Your hardiness. Right. So uh, Dungeons and Dragons breaks that into three. Other games will break it into two or, or indeed one. into more. Or right. five. I'm sorry, right. not five. Or one, right? Then you've generally got a statistic that measures uh, 
your mental capacities right or your intellect okay dungeons and dragons breaks that into two components what it calls um, intelligence book smarts raw processing power right right and then what it calls wisdom which is not you know your processing speed but how well you're able to understand a kind of nuance about a thing. Right. Right? Um, how well you're prepared to respond to something using an appropriate ethical framework. Right? Uh, I'm about to... Um, uh, you know, I, I, the way that... Uh, the way that um, Gary Gygax, the inventor of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, said uh, to to define you know the different to, to define what wisdom is, right? Would be to say the intelligent person knows that smoking is bad for you. If you have a high wisdom, you won't. Right. But if you have a low wisdom, yeah, you might. Eh. You might just do it anyway. Right, yeah. So yeah. so that's sort of how he how he phrased it. Okay, and then the third stat will be something that measures something in the social. Right, uh, interpersonal Yeah, interpersonal skills. or social. Dungeons & Dragons has one of those. It's called charisma. Right. Okay, so when you think about your own gamified experience, it may be that there isn't any real, there isn't anything in the physical. Right. right. Maybe we're not interested in that. Right. Or maybe it's mostly physical and you don't really care about whether someone is intelligent or not. You care about how much they can tote that bell. Right. Right. Or it may be mostly social and interpersonal. And so those are the stats that you're going to generate, you know, for your, you know, for the for the character. Right. Right. Um, so how many really depends on on what the need is. Right, what right. the learning objective is and right. what you plan to do right. within the system. Right, because if you have a statistic, that inevitably means one of two things. Either you're going to have your students rolling dice to see if they can accomplish things based on the statistic, right. or the statistic is going to make them better at doing certain skills. Right. Right, it's going to be one of those two things. If the statistic is there, someone should be using it. Right. That doesn't mean everyone's going to use it. Right. Right? Like, not everyone uses charisma in Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Even though they have it. Or uses it well. Right. Um, but someone should right. be using it. Right. And it may be that you are sometimes called on to see how well you do a thing you're not good at. Right. Duh. Like... Daily life, hello. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so so you really need to think about what it is that you're having your learners do, right? It may be that the that the character who is doing biology experiments doesn't need any strength, but definitely needs some dexterity. Right. Right. Because they have to, you know, I can remember my my uh, my anatomy teacher in high school. Saying. When it comes to the theory of anatomy and body systems. You're you're it. But when it comes to actual dissection of of creatures, you're a butcher. Yeah. Right. You're a total hack. You're right. terrible. Right? So that's a high intelligence and a low dexterity. Yeah. Right? That's exactly what that is. Right? And and you could easily reverse it. Right? Or you could put it somewhere in the middle. Right? Right. The person who's kind of okay. You know, I'm going to make some checks on intelligence. I'm going to miss some. You know, for me in that anatomy class, I'm never going to miss an intellect check. Right. Tell me about this neurotransmitter. Blah, 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 blah. Dissect this uh, heart so that the following structures can be seen. Almost no chance that I'm not going to nope. end up with uh, yep. cat food, <laughs> you know. 
right? So that's what you have to think about as a, you know, as a as a gamifying instructor, right? Right. You know, and are those even really the things? Right. Right. You know, if I'm gonna put dexterity into a chemistry class and a student has a character with high dexterity, but they can't successfully use the lab equipment because in real life they have a low dexterity. Right. That That's a problem. That's not working. Right. 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 And we've talked about games where you essentially create yourself right. as a character. And maybe that's just something that, okay, I'm going to have dexterity as a skill. It has to be you. Right. Right. Your dexterity, your agility, your nimbleness, your precision. Think about these words now, right, folks? Right. Right. What do you actually care about? Right. Right. Name or, it technically and appropriately. Right. And maybe the point is, if you're making yourself, that's going to help me give you a lab partner. Right. Right. I'm not going to put John and Tracy together who both have terrible dexterity and super high intelligence. Right. Right? I'm going to pair John with a student who, you know, isn't going to make all of his intelligence checks, but is going to pass his dexterity check. That's right. That's right. right? That's going to help John right. be more successful in lab. Right. That's going to make a better team. Right. Right. And, you know, and your students will understand this if they play virtually any game. Right. right. Oh, I'm partnering you with Tracy because Tracy's a good healer. Right. And you're a good tank. Yep. I totally get it. Yep. And now I, I don't I I thought you were doing it because you were being mean to me. Because I don't think Tracy's very uh smart. <laughs> well but that Tracy will keep you alive. Tracy'll keep you alive. <laughs> I get it. Right. Because all of these games that students are playing have those, they're all informed by D&D. So they, you know, they, they, right. they, they get it. Right. Uh, you're the one as the teacher who's going to struggle to make sense of it for yourself if you're not already playing these games, which reminds us of the core mantra of this podcast. Go play some games. Play all the games. Play all the games. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, you want to think about your audience as well. Right. right. Um, you know, if you've got lower school students, maybe you only have one statistic. You have high school right. students, maybe you maybe you have four. Right. right? Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the Numenera game where you end up with a character who's described by the sentence, I am a um, adjective noun who verbs. Right. Right. Uh, Numenera has a has a or the, ga- the designers of Numenera designed a role playing game for very young children called No Thank You Evil. Yep. Okay. Super great game. And they said, basically, if you've got a four-year-old, give him one quality. Right. Right? I am playful. I am a hunter. I can pounce. Right? Oh, my God. That's adorable. Right? (laughs) Sorry. Deet, 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 deet. I'm just imagining my niece and nephew. Right, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know, yeah, right. And you think about, okay, you can pounce. So, what are, are you? A, are you a kitten? Are you a stuffed animal? Are you, right? right? You know, are you? Are you a, a? You know, whatever, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Tracy, you played you played some some role playing games in your in your life. What are some statistics systems that you that you know that you that you like? Hey, go out and research it. What What do you like? Um. Well. We talk about it all the time Dungeons and Dragons, sure, because you can find it for free. Yep. Um, so it's easy for you to look and read about it. Um, you can also, I'm pretty sure you can get the Call of Cthulhu Quick Start rules for free online. Yep. Um, so you can check those out. They're pretty. I would say they're pretty similar to Dungeons and Dragons. They're basic statistics. Um, you know, they have education instead of wisdom. Yep. Um. But they still have strength and dexterity and constitution. Um, they have a couple of extras like your appearance. Um, yep. Which is um, interesting because it affects how some people will respond to you. Yep. In the world, if you're better looking, people yep. are more likely to be nice to you. Yeah, it's a social um, uh, which statistic. Which is sad, which is sad, but... Sad but true. Um, realistic. Um, 
statistic. Um, so those ones I know you can, you know, you can see for free. I really like Numenera. Yeah. I like the, the, so it comes out being simple. There's a, a big long book so you can read about what all these adjectives are and, um, nouns are, but, um, I like the simpleness of having the three, um, you know, the three part sentence and that's who I am. Yep. Um, What about you? Um, give me a second. I'm looking something up. Okay. Um, I also like... Um, oh, right. I, I, I couldn't remember what what Numenera called its uh, strength stat. It's called yeah. might. Might. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of like strength and constitution kind of put together together right yeah like uh, um call of cthulhu has willpower yeah super like important in that power. game yeah yeah so um, it's like your mental stability right um you know i'm I, i'm gonna second both dungeons and dragons and numenera dungeons and dragons by virtue of being the first right right i mean it really covers a lot of what you need to uh and so readily available yes um I like the statistic systems of the uh, uh, the World of Darkness games. Okay. Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. Uh, and and the Attendant games. They're coming out with some new ones, right? Uh, I think the new Star Trek role playing games um, stat system is really a kind of lively interpretation of the Star Trek universe. Okay. Right. So if you like Star Trek, you probably would like that. Um, I have not played Star Wars, but my friends who have yeah, say that it's that it really does capture it. Okay. Okay. Um, I think if you want some uh, some old school ways of looking at this, you might look at Traveler if you're interested in space. You might look at. Um, um, I'm sorry, its name just Rune Quest. Okay. okay. Which is an old, old, old. Um, fantasy game that competed with Dungeons and Dragons in the old days, okay? Uh, post-apocalyptic weirdness. It's a great game called Rifts. Okay? okay. And there are hundreds and hundreds of source books for for Rifts. And if you want to just think about statistics and skills as as kind of abstract buckets, okay, then there's a great game from Steve Jackson called GURPS, the uh, generic universal role-playing system. Okay. Which is just basically it's going to give you a bucket of numbers and then right. you can take the characters generated in that system and play in Viking Age Europe or in a Cthulhu universe or or you know in uh, in almost any board game kind of universe or you know virtually anything. Right? right. It's designed to be universal. Right? Um so you could check that out too. Right. But I, I really think that if you're looking at it, Dungeons and Dragons, Numenera, if you're interested in in a in a game in a statistics set that's heavily focused on the intellect side, mm -hmm. then I would suggest my old favorite Rollmaster because it you get ten statistics in Rollmaster. <coughs> um Dang. Three of which are uh related to mental. Okay. Okay. There's three realms of magic in the Rollmaster magic system. One mental stat ties to essence, which is sort of pure magic. Okay. One ties to channeling, which is clerical magic. And yep. one ties to what's called mentalism, which is uh, rather than drawing on the power of the universe, you draw on your own inner power. Okay. Okay. And there's, so there's a third stat for that, right? Uh and uh, I always liked the Rollmaster character creation system. Super, super fiddly, right? Probably only for people listening to the podcast who already play role-playing games, right? Right. Crunchy, because there's a lot of, it's mathy, right? But I always liked it. Um, one more I was thinking of um, while you were talking was um, Red Markets. I don't know this game. Um, which is a post-apocalyptic sort of um, economic 
game like you are um zombie apocalypse there's enclaves you know in parts of the u.s and basically you're you got to make money by doing jobs <laughs> for people um it's super fun i've only had a chance to play it twice um the handbook is very long like 380 some pages um but i the skills the statistics and skills are almost like the same things in red market yeah um there you'll see in a second when we talk about skills too um that a lot of skills are based on your statistics yes um but i like the way that red markets um i like the way the character sheet is set up um and i just i I just like the way it's broken up in the character sheet and the way that you can easily see what your stat is and what it's doing to your skill yeah I love the fact that it's described as a game of economic horror. Yes. Right. Yeah, I don't super know this game fun. at all. It looks great. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, like I said, I've only had a chance to play it twice. Um, once online um, and then once at Gen Con. Um, dynamite game. Uh, definitely uh, when you build your characters, there's no way that you can be good at everything. I mean, that's true of ev- like most role-playing games. Right. But I find it like particularly true of red markets. Um, you need a team. Yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah. Um, folks, you know how I just mentioned the um, uh, the world of darkness. Um, yeah. In and looking at red markets while Tracy was talking about it, I saw a note that one of the games in that system, which is called Wraith: The Oblivion, uh, has just had its twentieth anniversary edition published. So. You know, if you want to get a sense of the way that universe works, uh, you know, check it out. It really, it, it's not, as a game, it's not really my jam. But as a designer, I have a great respect for its, right. for the way it goes about its business, you know. Um, so statistic systems sort of give you the inherent qualities of the characters. Right. The skill systems sort of tell you what the characters can do and how effectively they can do these things, Right. 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 I I always think of it as specialization. Yeah. It's a good way to right? think of like, it. Maybe I'm charismatic. Um yep. but maybe, you know, my charisma shows itself as um being very persuasive or right. a good performer. Right. And <clears throat> another character's charisma shows up in a totally different way. Right. Yeah. Because think about it. I could be a charismatic public speaker and a terrible singer. Right. I could be a very, very powerful singer who, without the song, I'm really shy. Right? Right. I could right. be uh, I could be the sort of person who is very suave. Or I could be intimidating. Right. Or my skills could really work in a bureaucratic setting. Right, like a Machiavellian, right? right? So you think about all the different kinds of charisma, right? Uh, and, 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 and that helps you to get a sense of the way in which a skill might derive from a statistic. Right. Right. In most <clears throat> games, the skills are subsets of statistics. Indeed. In most, yeah. Yeah, or, or they are connected to statistics in some obvious in some way. way right yeah like not for everything but for a lot of games right you're welcome to take as many levels of gymnastics as you want <laughs> but if you don't have a good agility right or a good strength then you're gonna find that you're not a very good gymnast right right you just can't get those skill points as readily right so you're always going to have a harder time succeeding when you try to do a gymnastics check right right you know the person who is very nimble is going to be a better acrobat than the person who is very clever but isn't very nimble right, right. the clever person might be able to tell you all of the different ways in which your physical body could move. 
Right. Right? But the agile person can actually move. Now, and this is not to say, though, that you can still, in most games, right, even if I'm not agile, I can still put some points in agility-based skills. So I might not be the best at it, but as I level up, I can still put points in those skills to become better at them. That's right. I'll never be as good as the the agility character who's also been putting points there. Right. But I can be better than when I started. That's right. So I can I can learn and grow and get better. Right. So so one kind of skill system is going to have all sorts of words grouped by either character classes which we're not talking about right now right. or uh, you know, uh, it th- uh, skills that are inherent to different statistics. Right. Yeah, you know, something that relates to strength or intelligence or charisma or whatever. Right. Right. Now that's one great way to do it. Uh, back to Numenera, which we really like. Yeah. In Numenera, a skill is more or less a thing that you yourself have defined with your game master. Right. Right. It's kind of like a gymnastics, but it's really more like a parkour. It's kind of like a cross between them. It's really more about my agility than it is about my strength. It's about balance beams. It's not about rings. Oh, okay. Well, we'll call that. We'll call it parkour. Right. And anytime you want to try to use that to accomplish a goal in the game, you're just going to have to convince me that it. That it's parkour. That it applies. Right. Okay. Um, and that's probably more for a more sophisticated approach, older right. students or right. students who are already in a class about gaming maybe or, you know, something like that. But that works too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could also assign skills based on the role in the class. Yep. So, um, you know, in in Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, you know, a healer might get some bonuses to certain skills that um, a wizard wouldn't. Right. Um, You know, they might just get bonuses to their their heal checks or their medicine checks. Right. Um, Whereas a fighter is going to get different bonuses. Right. Just based on the what they're specializing in as a class. Uh, right. When I say class, I don't mean like a classroom. We mean like a a class of character that has a special job right. in the group. Right. Um, yeah. So you could define what the roles or classes are within your classroom. Right. And they could have advantages to certain skills. A- exactly. Right. Um, you know, you think about your classic MMO divisions, tank, healer, damage. Right. 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 You know, your 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 tank is the one who is drawing all the attention of the challenge to keep other people who don't have his or her unique set of statistics from being killed. Right. Right. The healer's job is not to do any harm to the opponent. It's to help his or her teammates. Right. Right. Just stay alive. Stay alive. Right. And the other people are designed to solve the problem. I'm calling it doing damage, but their job is to solve the problem, right? right. Do enough damage to the boss so the boss is defeated. Solve the problem, right? right. Um, and so in any of these games, even if you have a huge party, 25, because uh, World of Warcraft will run raiding parties of 25, Dang. okay? Well, you're only going to have one tank, Right. And maybe a character who's called an off tank, who if something goes wrong, this person can pinch in. Right. Right. You'll have three healers and 20 damage doers. Right. Right. So it's a way of thinking about leadership. Right. Uh, And 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 sort of controlling the flow of how the team is solving its problem. That's what the tank is doing. Right. Right. Coordinating. Buying time. Buying time. (laughs) Right. You know, the healer is making sure that even people who are making mistakes aren't tossed out of the game. Right. Right. 
and uh, you know your damage doers, even if they don't do much, they're there to, you know, help solve the problem, right? Right. Pick pick away at the problem. Right. Uh, I am going to crunch data. I am going to read sources. Right. I am going to find poets. Right. Well, okay. If the if the the responsibility is find a hundred examples of a of similes or metaphors in popular culture that relate to the atomic bomb. Okay. Well, that's something that you could do, right? Right. And you wouldn't do it alone. You would do it with a team, right? Okay. You five damage dealers, you five people, you're going to do film and you five are going to do fiction and you five are going to do television. Now go out and research it, right? And and I, as your tank, will help coordinate you. And if the teacher throws random BS at us, (laughs) right, I'll be the one who handles it, right? Right. Your healers are going to go between people and say, hey, you people on movies, there's this thing over here that the TV people found. Right. Go do this, okay? Or they're going to check your work. Right. They're going to check your work to Uh, make sure it's accurate. Right, right. This is right. Right, Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of how a team will build its skills together based on a role, right? Right. Right. That's if you use the role, you may not, right? And we'll talk about that in a later episode. Um, right. But every character is going to have a statistic or two and skills that they've either come up with or that they have selected from a skill bank, right? right. And then you may have... Uh, you know, a character that has, or you may give your character or characters a unique item, unique qualities, unique characteristics. A, a special power. A special power. Yeah, a special item, a special weakness that goes with a special strength, right? Right. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is kryptonite, <laughs> right? This is, uh, um, you know, being unwilling to kill Right. Um, You know, that kind of thing. This is, uh, uh, you know, um, Samwise Gamgee's unusual quality is that even though he doesn't know it, he is uncorruptible. Right. Right. There are only two characters that willingly gave up the ring. Sam and Bilbo. And f- um, in the book, yeah, go. Well, oh, Faramir doesn't take it. Yeah, right, right. He doesn't ever have it, but he never takes it. Right, he could, but doesn't. But he doesn't. Right, but this is why he is worthy of Eowyn. Yes, yes. Um, but but both Bilbo and Sam are actually physically in contact with contact. it. Contact. Right. right, and therefore, if the rings unbelievable corrupting power right right and you know bilbo he it takes a force of effort and threats right right so bilbo in other words is corruptible right right but sam is not sam sam the best yeah and so in so many respects the heart of the uh the heart of the story right um and you know uh uh this can manifest in a lot of different ways uh there's an old, old DC heroes um, role-playing game. Virtually not not impossible to find, difficult to find. Um, and it it had these uh, qualities were called like mild irrational attraction to cheese, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> serious irrational attraction, serious irrational hatred, right? And so I've made in my, you know, oh, in our show it. notes that Tracy and I are working from catastrophic irrational attraction to role playing game, role playing game. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So the moment someone starts to talk about them or brings one out, you're like, I'm not. De- Whoop! Uh, that's you know, that's you know, uh, old ladies trying to cross the street, but I'm trying to play Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, uh, and we've all seen these things in, uh, you know, uh, right. Uh, uh, ca- catastrophic irrational uh hatred kryptonite right right you know these kind of things right 
And so you can you can play with that to give the characters a little, uh, you know, a, a little bit of nuance, a little difference. You know, each right. one sort of a little different, right? Right. Um, but you have to have players who are really either experienced or who, you know, are kind of into it, right? Right. Or the quality characteristic piece of equipment has to be very specifically tailored right to your class or your unit right 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 you know like um five of the players in the classroom get burettes right and we need that burette to do this lab right so you five better be in five different groups (laughs) exactly right (laughs) um uh you know you've got lower school students and they're trying to build, uh, you know, a structure, right? Uh, you know, to uh, to represent, a, a, you know, a Mars base, right? Right. Well, some each student gets a special block. It's like right. building with Legos, right? There's so many different Lego shapes, right? Each right. student gets their own special block, right? And what do they do with that block? Well, how are they going to integrate it, right? Right. You know, you want them to find a way to get their block into the structure, that kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the um, the the character with... The player with the really good vocabulary is given the, the two-handed sword right. that can do D20 damage. Right. Right, by virtue of being the one who's most likely to effectively wield that weapon. Right. Right. Anyone can yes. wield it. Right. But if you have the worst vocabulary in your group, don't give the two-handed sword to that guy. No. Give it to this guy. Right. Because he's going to turn up a word that he has to use right. in a sentence correctly. Right. And if he can't do it, miss. Right. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that that's kind of where, where that, you know, kind of loot and or special qualities or special statuses Right. You know, um, come in. Um, and you know what's 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 really good about this, these 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 ideas and the character stuff that we talked about last time is how well they can be used if you're trying to do qualitative skill development, right? Quantitative skill development, or whether what yes. you're trying to do is really in the realm of social and emotional learning. Right. Right. Because, you know, role-playing games are uniquely suited to developing social-emotional components, right? Um, And depending on the skill set you have, maybe that's going to be more quantitative or maybe it's going to be more qualitative. Right. Right. One is not privileged. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, So can I tell you about what a colleague and I are doing? Yes, please. Well. What we're going to try to do. Rocket. Um, so we were asked to present at our back to school in service <laughs> um, about professional development that we participated in. Okay. And we sort of went crazy. Um, she, we went to the same conference. Okay. And it turns out we're not really talking about anything that we learned at the conference because we lost our minds. Um. So she wanted to talk about the 16 habits of mind. Um, so these okay. are things, uh, the 16 habits of mind are things like um, persisting, managing impulsivity, striving for accuracy, applying past knowledge to new situations, thinking interpe- interdependently, things like that. Costa um, and Kalik. What's that? Identified by Costa and Kalik. Yes. Okay. Keep going. Um, okay. So there's 16 of them. So she wanted to talk about that. She went to a great uh, professional development this summer about that. I, of course, wanted to talk about gamification. Naturally. Because I'm always trying to plant seeds amongst my colleagues. So we sat down and just talked to each other for a while. Um and we identified six of the 16 <coughs> habits that we wanted to focus on in my general chemistry and her geometry class. Okay. So 
soft freshman sophomore age kids um and we picked ones that we thought would be a little bit easier to measure question mark fingers crossed yes um and that would apply to both of us so we picked um those that i mentioned and also thinking and communicating with clarity and precision um so we're we made little skill sheets yep for every kid yep um they have to pick three of the six that we so we took 16 down to six yep um they have to pick three out of those six okay and then there's four different levels yep um from beginner to master so like i think it's beginner apprentice journeyman master okay um and it's like one, two, three, or four skill points for each one of those. So they get six total skill points okay. that they can spend in the three that they pick. So I could pick three. No. I could pick four, one, one, three, two, one, two, right. two, two. Right. I could, have, I could do it anyhow I want. Yep. Million combinations. A million combinations. Not a million, but. <laughs> Um, we only get six points. A number of combinations. Yeah. So they're going to pick what their level is. And we are going to allow them to collect points in their three categories throughout the trimester. With the goal that they can level up. So like if I'm a beginner at persisting. Yeah. Through the course of the first trimester, I can level up to apprentice. Uh-huh. I love um, it. So we have little symbols for each of them. Um, so, like, I'm going to put on worksheets where the kids can work together. I'm going to put the interdependent symbol. Yeah. Um, if there's a really hard question on a worksheet, I'll put the persisting symbol next to it. Nice. Um, and they can self-report. They can come up at the end of class and say, like, I think I really did this well today. I think that I is so good. Like a check mark. We're nervous because, um, you know, it's a lot of it's going to be a lot of kids to keep up with. Yes. Um, and we're worried about sort of like the record keeping of it, but we still want to try it. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we've we picked sort of things that we've noticed <clears throat> our kids having trouble with. Yeah. Um, persisting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, turning in um, easy to understand work, which hmm. is very important for a chemistry teacher and a math teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have a lot of tests where kids can type things or do things like that. Yeah. So following a student's train of thought mm-hmm. <laughs> through mathematical calculations is important. It's important for them to know how to communicate that. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed. So they're not character sheets. They're not even special roles. We've just identified skills yeah. that we think are important for students to have. So the kids will get to pick three that they think are important. Yeah. Or that maybe they're kind of good at. Yeah, right. Um, to focus on. That is so awesome. Yeah. So, and again, to go back to what we start, started talking about at the very beginning. Right. I knew I wanted to gamify it. So we started just talking about the habits of mind. Yep. Yep. Until we got to a goal. That's right. A learning objective. Right. We finally got to the goal is we want kids to get better. Right. At. And we at these things and we want to be able to try to monitor their progress as they get better. Right. You're only going to care about these six things. Right. Right. And you're not going to care about 16 or right. 500, right? And you're going to provide regular opportunities for students to tell you right. what they've done. And you're going to provide them with opportunities to demonstrate growth. Demonstrate, right. right? I love that. I've talked to colleagues all the time about the idea. Take an assessment and say, on this assessment, I'm going to tell you using red, red, yellow, green, how hard the problems are. Right. And if you want to only answer green, that's fine. But you can only get a B. Right. If you want to get an an, an A minus or a B plus, you could try the yellow. Right. The only way to get an A is to try the red. The red ones. Right. Yep. 
um, you know, or you know, or something like that, where you'd say, "Well, I expect you to try a red, and trying a red is worth five points. Right. Getting it right is worth twenty. Right. Right. But trying it is worth five, even if you get it wrong. You would never get a zero. Right. Right. That Just kind of try. thing. Yeah. Trying to build up persistence try. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that, Tracy. Yeah. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Tell your yeah. colleague I'm very impressed. Thank you. I will. Yeah. She was she was like, yeah, let's gamify this. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out our presentation for in-service, this is the funny part of the story. Uh-huh. Um, we spent probably two days on this, obviously. Like, you know, we made beautiful posters in Canva for the six habits that we picked. Right. We printed them in color. Right. And, you know, we're going to laminate them and... Uh, made these beautiful character sheets and a rubric right. for each of the six characteristics. I mean, we spent days. And our presentation will be 30 minutes for maybe 10 to 15 faculty. Right. That's how it always <laughs> works, right? I would love to see these documents, Trace, if you'd be willing to share them. Yeah. 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 I'd love to see how you framed it, how you, uh, you know, how you went about that. Yeah, I'd love to see it if you'd be willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, character sheet's pretty cute. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Um, <laughs> so, listeners, our our hope is that that you're going to be trying some of these things on your own, and thinking about what does it look like to do it at a kind of just getting out the door, trying one yeah. thing level, right, and then building from there step by step. Um, our hope is that you'll uh, you you'll share with us on our our Facebook page our address our, on our discord channel yes right. i was gonna plug the discord again right right uh you know your thoughts and what you're doing and you know drop into the facebook group or onto uh the the web page you know gamelevellearn.com yeah um or in the discord uh you know topics that you might want to discuss on the discord channel or that you'd like us to write about or books that you'd like us to talk about or, or you know or whatever talk about on the show yeah or... exactly right um yeah. you know we've got a um we got a lot that we're that we're working on, and we're excited to to keep up the work, and uh, yeah. and we look and forward I know to hearing. There's a lot of people out there working on stuff too. Yep. And I want to hear other people's ideas. Totally. Yeah. All right, so Tracy. It's my bedtime. Yeah, no kidding, right? We got a couple of. Uh, it's ten. It's ten oh eight p.m. Yes. I yeah. go to bed at ten o'clock. Yeah. I have a very busy day tomorrow. Really. I'm leveling up my Pathfinder cleric. Yeah. <laughs> and finishing painting her mini. Look at you. For my game on Saturday. A uh, a grueling Friday, if ever there grueling. was one. Grueling. Right, right. <laughs> I hope you bear up under it, Tracy. Yes. Thank right. you. Yeah. You better. Well, I get I get to I get a um, a point for one of her statistics. For painting. No, for leveling her up. Oh. Great. Like I'm gonna get to do one of her major statistics, I think. Nice. Not just the skill points. Nice. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Lay in some extra <laughs> beverages and uh and, and, and supplies. I'd ha- I'd hate for right. you to just in case there's an emergency. Right. I would hate it for an emergency to uh to, to leave you. You know. Oh, spe- since we're talking about all this stuff. Yes, please. Pathfinder is one we didn't really mention. Right. It's v- I don't play it, so yeah, it's very similar to D and D, but more numbers heavy. Um, yeah, crunchy. Generally, it's too crunchy for me. I mostly, you know, I have a couple of things I'm good at, and I just go with those. Right. Um, but Pathfinder is free. Ah. It's totally one hundred percent free. Huh. So you can get all the information for free online. Then you should do it because to, yeah, to build characters, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's essentially a, a an, an older version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, uh, it's. I think yeah. it's um most closely related to Dungeons and Dragons three point five. Indeed, indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, which was released under a very curious open license. Um, that uh, uh, was sort of all the rage in the early two thousands. Um, you know, when Dungeons and Dragons turned into fourth edition, which a lot of people found controversial, right, because it's uh, was a bit of bit of, had a bit of an MMO quality about it. 
you know, those people decided that they were going to stick to 3.5. Right. And over time built this uh, amazing role-playing game community that they call Pathfinder. Right. Um, yeah, but so for the freeness of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, the wealth of resources oh, that you can get for free online. Ridiculous. Unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. for that alone. Yeah, there were, there were quite literally hundreds of small publishers that published 3.5 content. Yeah. And that's all almost without any uh drama compatible with right. pathfinder Pathfinder, right yeah um i wrote a lot of stuff back in the day for D D 3.5 yeah thinking of trying to write a call of cthulhu scenario you should not a great writer but yeah. something's percolating in there yeah some some unspeakable horror is percolating in my mind yeah that's no surprise yeah. <laughs> I know you too well. <laughs> uh, you know what, Trace? The great, the greatest way to become a better writer is to write. Is to just write. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I'm going to do. Once I, once it formulates into a more cohesive plan, I'm just going to start getting it out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I remember, yeah. you know, back four or five years ago when you were like, you know, I, I think I might want to come and try some of these games th- that I know you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Would you be okay with that? Of course. Come on out and try, you know? And, yeah. you know, as you, as you, and, and listeners, this is, a, a, this is the truest thing that we're going to say, it, you know, ever play all the games, play all the games, because you're never going to get the skill set you want here unless yeah. you're playing as many different kinds of things as possible. Right. Tracy and I talk all the time about, Oh, this kind of concept from this game, if we yeah. melded it with this other concept from this totally unrelated game, that's the way to handle this learning objective. Right. Totally. Right? Yeah. It yeah. really helps when, you know, when you're brainstorming with someone, this is my learning objective. How do I get to do that? Or how do I model this? Right. Right. You know, and then you're going through, oh, Tableau building, card drafting. Right. You're going through all these mechanics you have in your area of control. Right. 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 They're all flying through your head. Right. And then you think, oh, I know. Right. Right. This. Right. I just um, I just talked to some colleagues earlier today about um, one of them said, hey, I, I've heard about these things called cooperative games. I wonder if we might learn. I was like, Lindsay. <laughs> Really, you've come to the right source, right? Uh, she's a she's a math teacher uh, in the lower school, and she teaches very precocious math students in a curriculum designed for very advanced students. It's designed to okay. really push them to be yeah. to be so many grade levels ahead in terms of their critical thinking that they're not even in the same right. realm. Okay, and I I talked about Mysterium. Yeah. Right. And I talked about how it's really about, you know, inductive reasoning and it's about communicating abstractly, right? And she right. was clearly into it. Uh, and I said, imagine having your students as an assessment design five um, Mysterium cards that right. they think by means of visual arts and abstraction illustrate critical thinking within math, you know, yeah. help me to understand the associative property by means of a piece of abstract art. Oh my God. Right. And she was like, my brain hurts. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> Oh my God. How old are these kids? Second through fifth grade. Oh my God. But mathematically, yeah, their critical no, thinking I'm is trying to think about how I would use right, abstract art to, right, to right, show the associative right, you know, property right, well, or, or whatever, you know, whatever she's doing. Right. You know, because because yeah. these this math program basically takes the whole schema of math. And shakes it up and does it in a radically different way. Yeah. To, to the point where, you know, I did a I did a faculty. I did a parent meeting when we did it in my first year. Because parents were saying, my kid is struggling mightily to do her math homework, and I read it, and I don't understand what's being asked. Grade three. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What should I do as a parent? 
Well, here's how you support a student in this is called Beast Academy. Okay, okay. it's uh, it's a uh, the lower division uh, math of a of a company called AOPS Art of Problem Solving. Okay, okay. dynamite. Okay, and and so it's so it's so unusual, right? right that it's like I tried to do Art of Problem Solving pre algebra grade six. Yeah. Right. And they're all about depth. The deeper, it's like right. there is no level of depth to which we can't ask new problems. Yeah. Right. So it's not about drill and kill, get to calculus in right. grade seven. It's about really understanding how to think mathematically. Right. Yeah. So I I, 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 I looked at a 50 set problem, 50, 50 problem problem set of pre-algebra, grade six math. I couldn't do problem one. <laughs> Couldn't understand Sorry. it. Couldn't do it. You're right. Like, what is this even asking? Right. And very skilled math teachers, friends of mine, looked at it, were like, What? I need to think about that. You know, and they're like, <laughs> What? You know? And they eventually Amazing. got it. Right. But it was like, I don't even understand what's being asked, and I'm a math teacher, you know? It's amazing. Yeah, so. Stretch uh, their little minds. Yeah, right. So, you know, okay, do it abstractly. Right. Give me give me a Mysterium card that illustrates this weird uh, property. Right. Right? Who knows what they'll do? Maybe it'll come a cropper. But maybe yeah. it'll be, you know, genius beyond genius. Right. Yeah. So. All right, Tracy. See you again in a couple of weeks for another episode. Yes. Yes. For episode four. Episode four. Looking forward to it. Same. Okay, friends. Play all the games. Play all the games. Bye for now. Bye.